is That Good For You, a podcast all about sex and relationships. We cover everything from kinks to long-distance dating, and during this weird time, we're going to be covering a lot more. We're going to be doing a lot more Q&As, a lot more fan-submitted questions, a lot more calls with different people. Today's guest is a repeat guest that I've had a few times, and one of your favorites, it's Gabby. I'm back, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Gabby and I are doing a phone call and we're going to be doing a QA. and a I asked you guys to submit questions on my Instagram, at Rhea Carmona, and on my Twitter, at the same at. (laughs) (laughs) I took a bunch of questions from you guys. Gabby asked on her Instagram, which is at Gabriella Sabaha, and we're going to be answering them. I'm excited. I'm excited to just delve in, think about something else, and just – just go. I know. There are a lot of questions on this one that I feel like I haven't like – a lot of times I get great questions, but there are questions that could be answered by like an entire episode that I've done. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of questions on this that I don't think I've covered. So that's actually really exciting. I'm excited. Okay. Let's jump in. So the first one, do you use a safe word or do you specifically mention your boundaries beforehand? Um, in my own sex life? Um, I think it seems like even though they're they're wording it this way, it yeah. seems like they're asking more like in general, like for somebody, let's position it as somebody who wants to get into maybe not fully BDSM, but like, you know, getting a little bit more kinky, maybe right. being a little bit rough. That's kind of like, how I am. Into a safe word or are you more into just like talking about everything before? Well, I'm, you know me, I'm all about communication. So yeah, I feel like- sure the conversation should happen even lightly beforehand just because, I mean, why not? Like what's, what's wrong with that? So I would say like set some boundaries and have like a little safe word. Maybe that's like extreme, but I don't know. I feel like, I I feel like that's the wisest. I I agree. And I feel like it's better to be safe than sorry in those situations. Right. Because it's like nothing ruins a mood more than like in the middle of it having to be like, oh, I don't like this or something. Right. It seems annoying to have to do a lot before, but it's so much better to have those conversations when there isn't like someone inside you. Exactly. No, I completely agree. Nothing sets the tone more than – nothing makes me hornier than some communication. Man, that is so true. (laughs) Like, I totally agree. And to be honest, and I know this is not across the board, this is a very personal thing, but sometimes safe words can come off very cheesy to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what's your just, What's your favorite safe word? I think that I've experimented with, like, cucumber. <laughs> and it's just, like, every safe word that I've ever thought of is, like, silly. Like, every time I've discussed safe words with a partner, we always giggle. You know what I mean? Like, it's – Yeah. Like, it's – I don't know. Safe words, I think, can come off. And again, you and in the moment too. It's like, oh, you know, you're like doing something or whatever, and then somebody just says like tomato. It's like you're gonna giggle, and there's nothing wrong with giggling during sex. And I think that's nice to be able to like laugh with your oh, partner. Oh, it's so cute. But if you are trying to have like a serious, like you know, you know, kinky, sexy moment, and you don't want to be giggling in this specific moment, what safe kind words of what kind of what kind of safe words do you recommend? What like like. Okay, so let's pretend let's pretend you're giving my little sister advice right now. Yeah. What what advice within the safe word realm would you give her? Should it be an object? Should it like what's like I the- hate the idea of talking about safe words with your little sister. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but but we'll do it anyway because I think it's a good way to put it. I feel like it has to be something again that like isn't gonna make you guys laugh. Like it's funny yeah. to say like, oh, 
pumpernickel, but like yeah. in the moment, you're not going to want to say that. So I feel like it has to be. Oh, and also, this is actually something that I have talked about. It has to be something that isn't going to be naturally said in the bedroom mm. because then that can be misconstrued. Like it yeah. can't be something like baby because like what if you say, oh, baby, but you're just saying it and it's not a safe word. Like there, it has to be something that you're not going to naturally say already. Because How then about I'm like a name? Like, like what about a name? What if like – A name could work. Like Timmy. But man, it's like do you want to be saying that? No, I don't want to be saying anything. I actually had a sex dream about Timothy Chalamet last night. Really? Yeah, I really did. Was it good? It was – I don't really remember a lot of it. Like, I don't remember <laughs> the details. I wish that I would have, like, written it down right when I woke up. But I'm sure it was good. It was Timothy Chalamet. Speaking of safe words, actually, this isn't a safe word, but whenever me and my boyfriend are, like, too tired, like, I like to fall asleep gradually. I can't just lay my head down and fall asleep. Like, I'm not a psychopath. And yeah. he is – and I like to talk about life, talk about everything. So when we're tired, he says cantaloupe, and that means Gabby go the fuck to bed. Wow, I actually love that for you guys. Yeah, because I just can't That's stop talking. <laughs> Either way, I think back to the question though. I and I think you agree. I am more of the kind of person who would rather just explain my boundaries beforehand. Yeah, a hundred percent. And have the be like an open thing. Because like I said, it's like I, I would rather somebody know my boundaries than like push them. Listen, if you can't communicate with your partner properly or it's like embarrassing or weird, like maybe you shouldn't be, you know, seriously committed to them. Or I agree. So many people are so embarrassed to talk about sex or like embarrassed so to talk about weird. like what you liked or disliked after or before or things like that. But it's like then Just maybe- own it. Yeah, it's like you need you have other issues if you if you can't talk about sex seriously with your partner. Right. I agree. Let's jump into the next question. Can polyamory be sustained long term? I think it depends on the people and again, level of communication. Okay. I think that for some people maybe um you know, it's a way of life and they just want to live that way and there's nothing wrong with that at all and I think with some people they just want to try it out and then they're like okay well that was it you know what I mean yeah I agree I think a lot of people would look at this question I guess less progressive people would look at this question and say no like there's absolutely no way it can't work but I feel like I think about relationships I know that are monogamous that are Mm -hmm. traditional and it's like how how long are they lasting, right? Right, Like right. so many people we know break up constantly, are in unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Like look at the divorce rate among probably 99%, 99.9% of those relationships being monogamous. Right. So I think relationships, no matter what that relationship looks like, are messy and complicated. And I think in today's world – don't have as much longevity as they used to just because things are more complicated than they used to be. And And I feel like as long as – sorry to cut you off. No, go on. As long as everybody in the relationship is happy, like what's – who's to say that that can't last, you know? Like if if everyone is is as equally as fulfilled and happy and there's communication, why not? Exactly. I know people that would be – 
think about like somebody who loves monogamy, who maybe, you know, would, would never want to see their partner with somebody else, how mm-hmm. unhappy they'd be in a polyamorous relationship. I know people who are poly who would hate to be in a monogamous relationship. Right. I mean, they yeah. As unhappy. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think that honestly, so yes, they can, they can be, they can be long-term and they can sustain the test of life. What do you think? I agree. Yeah. I think that I think that polyamory just because it's not as normalized as it probably will be in 10 years, I think it takes more communication like you kind of started out with that. I think that it's important to know the rules because as I've talked about on this podcast, polyamory does require more rules than mm-hmm. monogamy just in the sense of like you know, what are the what are our what are our boundaries? What do we what do I need to know? What do I want to know? And you know, what kind of partners are we with? Are we being safe? Are we being tested? There's just a lot more. I think I think it's a little bit more complicated than monogamous relationships. Oh, I agree. I think that it needs to be highly, highly, highly communicative. But I think that if it's done right with two people who genuinely want to be in that type of relationship, it's just as sustainable as any other type of relationship. And I feel like with like polygamous relationships, people just view them as this like fling or as this like, oh, let's just try this. But it's like, like, why can't it be something long-term? Why does it have to be this like, this thing of viewing it as a, like, I feel like people that don't, have experience with someone who is polygamous or has ever seen that in their life, think of it as a a flingy type of thing. Like who's to Absolutely. say it's almost fetishized. Right, right? yeah, exactly. Like who's to who's to say? Like shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting exactly. pissed. Shut up. So exactly. Yeah, we're just like, you know what? And fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I do think it can absolutely be sustained long term with the right two people and with the right amount of communication. So go for it, man. Next question. How do you manage a relationship where their friend group is a top priority? I feel like, I don't know, but I feel like this question comes from a girl. Yes. And that's, I think, definitely me assuming and maybe me putting a little bit of a stereotype on like classic gender roles. But in my experience with cis hetero relationships, men usually have a hard time in relationships prioritizing between their homies and their girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely true. I feel like speaking on experience, my boyfriend loves his friends. Like he yeah. is a like broy, not broy, but you know what I mean? Like he just really loves like, his friends. He's very very friend oriented. He likes to be around people. He's a social butterfly. Yes. Yes, and I at the beginning of a relationship dealt with this, but I kind of found it within myself that as I became more fulfilled with my own life and my own friendships and my own just socialization, I started not to care as much. Like I started to like kind of be like, oh, I mean, there's levels to it. Like if he's just like ditching you and like, you know, like blowing you off and and just bro-y like, fuck girls, you know, that's stupid. But like if it's a level that's normal and you just maybe you're in your head about it or maybe like I don't know something's going on like maybe just try to like look within too like there's nothing wrong with just being like mm, am I kind of overreacting am I because that was me for sure I was a psychopath I was like why do you love them more than you love me type of person yeah, for sure and like you said I think that there there are levels to it I think that on the normal level there's definitely 
a sense of like when you first start to really fall someone where you fall for someone where you just like want their attention all the yes. time. And it's a lot easier to become jealous of like their friends and like even their family and things like yes. that. Like if they're very always around them. But I do think that if it's a problem, because the, the thing is the person worded it as where their friend group is top priority. Oh, and it's like yeah, yeah. as you become an adult, you realize that nothing in your life can be a top priority. Right, right. That's a hundred percent. Everything right, like all your priorities have to be balanced. Exactly, exactly. One day my boyfriend is my top priority and the Mm -hmm. next day my work might be and the next day you might be. You know what I mean? It's like it's just so true on the day. And so I think if it's an issue where like six out of seven days of the week, their his friends are a top priority over her, then maybe it needs to be a conversation. Definitely. But if it's a thing where she's just not always a top priority, then it is something I think where maybe she needs to look and be like, you know, am I happy with my friendships? Am yeah. I socializing enough? Or even not socializing, I, you don't have to be social, but am I like, am I doing things outside of the relationship that, that fulfills me? And I want those to be a priority sometimes over him, which is fine. Right. And I think like girls, I mean, this is speaking from a girl, obviously, but girls sometimes shy away from those conversations because they don't want to look psycho or they don't want to look like too emotional or anything like that. Sure. But it's like, that's okay. Like you need to be filled and like, fulfilled in this relationship as well you need to as much as he's getting his like boy time and everything like you need to be happy as well and there's no shame in being like hey like I just feel like this because you do this 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 not like an attacking way because they might not even realize it like at the end of the day like guys are kind of oblivious and it it just I mean <laughs> and it just like is worth the conversation. If he doesn't fix it, then of course that's something that you have to figure out if you can deal with. But talk it out, girl. Yeah, I totally agree. Next question. This one is really interesting to me. I told a good friend of mine I was bi curious and he gave me head. Now he wants to do more which I'm not ready for, but I don't want things to be awkward or lose him as a friend. Mm. What should I do? And this is coming obviously from a male as well. Yeah. Hmm. This is, this, this, this question is just, it's so layered because my first instinct, and I know that this isn't, this isn't exactly the question, but my first instinct is like, I want to hug this person right? because coming out as a man who has been, who has been outwardly straight his whole life to like understand that he's bi-curious and to like have his maybe first, you know, experience yeah. with a man is so – is already so emotional. Yeah, it's just and, like, a now lot. You have to deal with the fact that like you might, you know, have this issue with your friend. There is just so much here. I feel like it's this thing of like for the sake of um, just analogies, I think that he was – he was like, hey, going into the pool sounds fun. And then just being thrown into the pool and you just have to learn how to swim. And that's not fair. I feel like if he's not comfortable with it, like who – like to be honest, the friend will most likely understand. It's a weird co- conversation and everything, but I feel like he has to set those boundaries because if he just lets it happen and lets it happen and lets it happen, then it's like 
he's not happy. You know what I mean? And and like absolutely, I just feel like that's a lot to throw at yourself. For I like, agree, and it's something that takes a long time. Like people, right? Sex and like sexual acts in general take a long time to get comfortable with. But especially yeah. when you're grappling with the fact that you might have a different sexuality than you thought you did, you know, something so foreign and so new to you. Yeah. So I feel like, again, if this is a good friend, then that conversation isn't going to be fun because conversations like that are never fun, but it can still be healthy and it can still kind of like end good with you just saying, I love your friendship. And, you know, I love that we explored this, but I'm just not ready to continue doing that. And I hope that we can continue right. this friendship. And I feel like the friend is obviously very sexually confident and yeah. confident in themselves, but they need to keep in mind that you're just not there yet because this is so new to you. Right. Like that that deserves a conversation as well. Just being like, hey, I know you're here, but I'm I'm like five levels down from you, buddy. And yeah. I I and need some time. This friend, this friend too might be able to be someone that can help him. Like, right. You know, this person, like you said, is obviously a little bit more sexually experienced and is obviously maybe not gay, but is, is, is queer on some level. Yeah. And, you know, they can speak to this person about their experiences, about, you know, how to deal with it, how to understand it, you know, th- any, I mean, anything. And, and, yeah. and I hope that they would just be able to be a good friend. There needs to be more communication and less, less sexual energy. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can take it slow. You, you just learned how to ride a bike. I know. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, my advice would just be to talk to them and have an open conversation and try to continue that friendship and take anything sexual out of it for the meantime until you're ready. Yeah, I completely agree. Ugh, I want to hug them. I know. I really want to hug them too. And I hope you know that it's okay that you're bi-curious. Yes. Whatever you want to do. There are no rules. Literally none. It's and just be, yourself. just be yourself. Just be yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next question uh this question makes me anxious um I low- <laughs> i'm gonna put that out there this question makes me super anxious <laughs> i low-key have a crush on my boyfriend's best friend Holy. And I feel so bad and i don't know how to get over it wait so they have a crush on their boyfriend's so, yeah. best friend yeah it's a, it's a, it's a female who sent in this question that makes yeah. me stressed. It makes me very stressed too, but but I think it makes me stressed because I always come at these questions with a little bit, and I obviously don't, I don't really put this into my advice at all, but internally I look at these, I try to look at these questions personal, right? Like I put myself in that situation yeah. I think that's the best way for me to give advice, and I'm imagining my partner having a crush on my best friend mm-hmm. or even me having a crush on my partner's best friend. Yeah. It just sounds so messy. Do you think that that says anything about how they feel within their relationship? Like that, see, That's what I was thinking when I first read this question, but I don't know because – Because you can just have a crush on somebody like – And know, if they're hard. around enough, like you can definitely develop feelings. Ugh. You can – well, here's the thing. And I, I had a question on my last Q&A where the person said that her best friend had sat her down and told her that she had a huge crush on the girl's boyfriend. Mm. <laughs> and and Megan and I came at this and at first we were trying to be understanding, but we really came to the conclusion that that is a bad friend because it's true that sometimes you can't help who you have a crush on, but I think having feelings for someone and liking someone, you have to grow that seed. Yeah, you have to explore that. And it's exactly. weird. 
it's like I can, and and this is what I even said. I even kind of brought you up because I was like, I can appreciate certain qualities about my friend's partners, right? Yes. I can say, oh, th- this friend's boyfriend is a great listener, or this mm-hmm. friend's boyfriend is, a, you know, an awesome communicator. Yeah. But there's a difference between appreciating qualities in someone and starting to imagine yourself with that person. Yeah. And like your imagination get away, get 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 away from you, or imagining yourself in your in your friend's shoes. And I think that that's like letting that crush grow into something more and turning it into a problem. You know what? That is so true because, for example, my boyfriend is around a lot of hot men because he's just in a band and right. I I told him straight up, yo, your friend's hot. Like, yes. What's up? But not – no, not like what's up, like flirting what's up, but like, <laughs> hey, what's up? Just like, hey, just so you know. Yeah, yeah. And like you're so right about that because it's like you can appreciate – someone and you can look at them like you'd be like oh this guy's like cute or have a friend crush even but if you're like seriously exploring that or if you're like you know asking for advice on it like maybe it's more than you bargained for maybe like you have to reevaluate your relationship because like that's a not fair to your boyfriend and b like what are you doing like what's your what's what's your goal here I think everyone, like you said, everyone has crushes and everybody can look at someone and say, oh, that person is hot yes. or that person has a great personality. But if you find it to be a thing where you're thinking about that person more than your partner yeah. or like I said, you're going as far as asking for advice, I don't think that means there's a problem in the relationship, but you have a problem. Yes. And not in a mean way, like you have problems, but in a way of like, why did you let it get this far? Do you not feel the same way about your partner that you used to? Yeah, I, th- I think that's you a know? little bit of soul searching that they have to do and just be like, what's my realistic and great outcome that I want from this? For because, sure. and I don't know about the friend, I hope he's not sending no damn mixed signals either because then you guys are both fucking up the boyfriend. Yeah, and that that's what I worry about too because it's like sometimes people say like, oh, you can't really develop you know, feelings for someone if they're not reciprocating at all. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I, I, and again, you know, we don't know how far this has gotten, but my hope is that the friend is doing nothing. And I hope that it's all in her head. That's my, right. Yes. Yeah. In a perfect world, that's what it is. And not to, not to go so in on this person asking this (laughs) question, but like, but like it's, but seriously, like if the, maybe if you're, if you're letting it get this far, there is something wrong again, not with the relationship, but maybe you're unhappy in this relationship yeah. or maybe you're not ready to be, to date someone. Seriously. I just don't want it to get to a point for you, not you, but the yeah. person for you that like you're making plans with your boyfriend, but you're asking him to invite the friend or you're like. Right. right. Where it gets that far. Yeah. Cause at that point it's like you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be in the situation, sweetie. Maybe you should be single. And my advice at that point is to nip it in the bud. If it's early enough that it it is just a little crush and you feel bad about that, you know, if it is really, really low key and it's something that you can kind of like accept and be like, oh, and get past cute, but I am in love with my boyfriend. Great. Amazing. And I think that you can thrive and things can be fine. But if it's already gotten to a point where, like you said, you're, you know, manipulating the situation to be around them, or you're finding yourself maybe getting a little bit more dolled up when they're coming Mm -hmm. over, or you're looking at their social medias, or you're thinking about them often. Yeah, that's, that's risky. It doesn't need to be a – I don't – and and this this could be wrong, to be honest. I, this could be bad advice. But <laughs> I think my perfect advice, if you, if it's gotten that far, is end things with your boyfriend, but don't yes. tell him. Yes. I think I that- don't think that he needs to know as long as you're not going to pursue it, which I would hope you weren't because that no. does be kind of shitty. Um, you need to be single. 
pull yourself out of the situation. It's like, I know so many people who are constantly having like drama in their lives or like whatever. And it's like, how much of that do you invite? Because in this situation, you could end that drama real easy. You can pull yourself out of the situation. And also just like think about your boyfriend and like how how you would want to be treated in that situation, honestly. That's someone you're supposed to love. So my advice is that if it's if it's just a t- teeny tiny crush, you shouldn't feel bad because everybody has crushes. And if it's something that you can just appreciate from afar, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If it starts to get any more than that, you need to pull yourself out of the equation. Yes, I completely agree. Bravo. <laughs> can you hear me clapping? I can hear you clapping. I love it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Investors like you have a problem. Today, most portfolios only include stocks and bonds. While it's currently performing, it's a strategy that Goldman Sachs predicted in 2023 to underperform for the next decade. Luckily, our sponsor, Masterworks Advisors, focuses on a non-traditional alternative asset, helping over 15,000 investors diversify a portion of their overall portfolios with blue-chip post-war contemporary art. Over 60% of wealth managers surveyed by Deloitte have already integrated art into their wealth management offering. And by signing up at masterworks.com slash advisors with code free, you can talk to a registered investment advisor representative who deals exclusively with this alternative asset class. So schedule a free same-day advisory call with Masterworks Advisors just by going to masterworks.com slash advisors and using promo code free. That's masterworks.com slash advisors promo code free. This advertisement relates to the provision of advisory services by Masterworks Advisors LLC and is not intended to offer or solicit investment in any securities and is not investment advice. Masterworks Advisors is affiliated with Masterworks. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Okay, this is a great question. It's very timely. How should single people start dating during COVID-19? Ooh. This is a tough one. I even asked my partner and a few other people um, before we jumped onto this podcast because I feel like I know my answer, but I wanted to hear what other people thought. So I'm interested to hear what you think about this. Like, do you think this is the time that people should even be trying to date right now? So I just talked to my friend about this. She's single. She's been going on all the apps and stuff. And she's still currently going on apps. Yeah, she's still currently going on apps, but it's not going too well. And she's beautiful. She's like, she's the whole package. Like, honestly, there's nothing wrong with her. So I personally feel like it's a very stressful time for some people and a very like relaxing time for others. Yeah. And it just depends, man. Like if I was single right now, I wouldn't even – listen, I don't even check my phone right now. You know what I mean? Like – I just think that we have to – like, okay, here's an example. She was very upset that this guy wasn't texting her back when this all started and they went on one date. And I was kind of like, maybe he's just honestly going through it. Maybe like he's not really ghosting you, but he's ghosting you for like a moment right now because life is kind of hard. So I feel like if you have someone lined up already and you were like already forming that connection, maybe sexting, you know? Sexting would be fun like if you just kind of like let that sexual attention rise a little bit and you had fun with what you could have or I don't know, something very light. I wouldn't start like a full-on relationship 
with someone right now, to be honest. Like, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? I agree. Well, I thought the same thing. A friend of mine said something really interesting, which was that it, it might actually be easier to form a connection right now because yeah. people are kind of looking for human connection right now. Mm, yeah. And they're looking for someone to empathize with what they're feeling and to understand what they're going through. And that makes sense. People aren't doing a lot. They're not as distracted. So people are kind of like craving human connection right now. Yeah, maybe like um, FaceTime dates. Maybe like yeah. you go on Tinder and you like you do a cute date or make it funny and you put like a candle and you make yourselves meals and shit. And For sure. I think yeah. if it's really new, why not continue to date because we're humans and we need that. And and honestly, I think it's going to keep us sane. Yes. Especially for us who are single. Um. But I do – one my one thing is I worry about the longevity. Like yeah. how – I've, I've had friends who are in like situationships when this started, right? Where they were like seeing each other maybe once a week. They were texting, but they were still in that phase where they, you know, hadn't defined the relationship and whatever. Mm-hmm. And now they're in this thing where like some of it – some of it has fizzled out and some of it's going well and they're still seeing each other because they're both, you know, living alone and so they can – they can safely see each other once in a yeah. while or whatever. Um, or maybe they aren't, but they're still doing it because we're humans and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and they're worried about what it's going to be like when everything goes back to normal. And, who, you know, who's to say that things are ever going to go back to quote unquote normal, but things are going to open and people are going to get distracted and they're going to go back to hanging that's out. What I was, that's what I was going to say when you said the emotional connection thing because it's like, yes, you will connect right now maybe, but like when real life begins again, like – Will there be problems arising? Will there be like, you know, you don't have that person's full attention anymore, like you said. So it's, I think it's just tricky. I think it's just important to keep it light right now. Like, yes, date, but also like just keep it very light. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. You can't put any expectations on things right now. One, it's not fair to p- the people because of everything no. we're going through emotionally. Yeah. But also, you just you, we have no idea where this is going to go and what's going to happen. We have no idea what's going to be going on in the world in a month. Yeah, so the last thing you want somebody owes you anything is crazy right now. The last thing you want to do is get in a fight with somebody over fucking Zoom about how they're not giving you enough attention or something. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> Next question. Can sexual frustration lead to mixed feelings in a relationship? Ooh. Yeah, this is a very interesting one. A couple layers on this one. There there are a couple layers on this. My first instinct is to say – it's hard. I, I Wait, say that one more time. It is sexual – say the question. Sexual frustration mm-hmm. lead to mixed feelings in a relationship. So they're frustrated guess, they're not getting what they need? Well, I guess that, that's my question, right? Is it's like what what type of sexual frustration? Because I think that if you like someone and you've already established that you like or love someone and, and they're your partner, I don't think anything sh- sexually should change the way you feel about them. Yeah. But I do think that it can change the way you feel about the relationship as a whole. Yes, I agree, actually. I think because, that – Go, go on. <laughs> No, you go, you go. Um, no, you go. No. <laughs> this is what's what's weird about like phone interviews is like I can't see your like your cues like in person like when you're yeah. about to talk. So we're just like consistently talking over each other. Um, but what I was gonna say was I feel like everybody every couple goes through ups and downs, right? But I feel like every every couple also goes through one particular one, which is like a sexual up and down, mm-hmm. and. 
that can change the way you look at a relationship. Like when I've been in relationships where if I'm sexually frustrated, really sexually frustrated because maybe we're like having a lull or we, you know, I'm not feeling like they're, you know, interested in fulfilling my sexual needs or I'm not feeling, maybe I'm feeling insecure. Mm -hmm. Um, and like things that they start to do annoy me. Like it, it, it seeps into other areas of the relationship. Yeah, because you already have that in your head of like, ugh, exactly. Another or maybe thing I you do bad. I even yeah. start to get more jealous because I'm like not feeling they want me sexually, so I start to become more insecure about you know them checking their phone or whatever the case. It's like it can, it can. Sex is such an important part of adult relationships. It is, um, and I think that because of that. When the sex anything sexual is off, it absolutely can cause mixed feelings in the relationship. Yeah, I think sex is such a and sexual sexual, I guess occurrences are so important in a relationship, and I feel like that's such a big part in relationships that of course it's going to seep into your regular life, and of course it's going to seep into like your outlook on the relationship. But then it's like, why are you sexually frustrated? That's the thing that you have to like discuss with your partner and kind of open the gates of hell with because that's not going to be a fun conversation but if you want to stop being frustrated give it a go yeah I agree I think that again it's so this is such a broad question and it really comes down to like what is making you sexually frustrated because if it's something like you guys aren't having as much sex as you like you know why is that are you have you guys always been incompatible in that way or is something bothering them specifically like it needs to be an open conversation is it yeah. something deeper like maybe you love one specific kink or fetish and they hate it in that case i think that sometimes that can be a make or break in a relationship like it seems crazy to say like my foot fetish broke us up but like if you have something that you love sexually that's very important to you and your partner refuses to try it or is not interested at all, that could easily make or break a relationship. Oh, 100%. Just like not being able to, to – feel fulfilled? Yeah. How are you supposed to feel com- like comfortable and even like showing your fetishes and, you know, everything yeah, you want? exactly. Like if my partner wanted to try something, I'd be like, sure, if that makes you happy, like why not? Right. Exactly. And I think that there are times when like – there are the A, B, and C are things that I'd be willing to try, and D is what the other person wants to do, and it's just not in my wheelhouse. And I that mean, just yeah, mean yeah. that we're not ready, we're we're not compatible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let like my boyfriend pin me to a wheel and throw knives at me, but like, right, exactly, or like <laughs> pee on you. Or yeah, yeah. Like there are certain things, and you know what? But the, the beautiful thing about this world is that it's huge, and the someone will exists. like it. Someone will like it. Someone you will, will find like that person who wants you to pee on them. And people – a lot of people think that that's, like, shallow, but I don't. It's, like, imagine – Fuck if, no. Like, imagine if you fucking loved camping and hiking. Like, you loved being in nature more than anything. Mm-hmm. And you met someone and they hated nature. Who loved and, hotels. Like, they, they loved hotels. They never want. they hated bugs. They hate. They just didn't give an absolute yeah. shit about nature. Never been on that a hike. That would suck. It, that would suck. It wouldn't work. That would and if you suck. told anybody, they would be like, yeah, that makes total sense. But it's like there's something like that people find shallow about saying, I wanted this sexually and they didn't, so we broke up. And it's not shallow. It's it's important. It's you know, not at all. Happiness. Yeah, you have to fulfill every aspect of the relationship. Like, and do it proudly, man. Exactly. Uh, so let's do one more question. Okay. How to get past trust issues and start a new relationship. Ooh, 
Wait, trust issues. We, met, we all we all been there, bitch. We have a couple really times, a few times. Um, how to get back past trust issues and get into a new relationship? First and foremost, I think that you have to remember that whether it's the same relationship or a new one, um, that they are not that person. They're not that person that hurt you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. that you shouldn't blame them for because your ex cheated on you five times. Like that's not right. fair. Right. And I think that. In order to get past trust issues, that's more of a self thing. I mean, obviously, your partner like helping you through them is important too, and communication and like everything we've said with these questions. But I think that that's kind of a self thing and like being like, okay, this person loves me. They know that this is an issue for me, and now I have to do my part in trusting them and giving that and. Being brave enough to give that to somebody again, even if someone's hurt you in the past. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that a lot of times people people bring it people bring those trust issues into the relationship in the opposite way too, where like you become insecure and you almost become a bad partner. Yeah. No, definitely. Because, like and again, it's like I've talked about this before in the podcast, but it's like a lot of times with relationships, you mirror that person. Like I have been in relationships where I didn't necessarily start the toxicity, but I added to it because they would do it. And I'd be like, well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to do it. Like if you're going to check my yeah. phone, I'm going to check your phone. Like it just becomes this tit for tat thing. And you start to think that that's what a relationship is. Yes. No, a hundred percent. And I think that – Especially when you're younger, like you well, you have one really, really profound relationship that was really meaningful and big and it it literally makes you think that every relationship has to be a carbon copy of that one right oh my gosh that's such an important thing to touch on because it's like you will never have another relationship like that like you will never Never. have another relationship like your toxic ones you know what I mean like yes every relationship is so different and it like 50% you 50% them and it's like you can either be a better partner than you were last time or you can you can keep the habit yeah, yeah you can keep it going I think Absolutely. that I think that with trust like it's just it's just about like well honestly let me let me veer away for a second. I also <laughs> think I also think that with trust it's this thing of like you like you said you become toxic to your partner for like trying to not have a toxic relationship which yeah. is insane cuz it's like it starts out with oh you have like friends that are girls or oh you're like like talking to this person or you know that kind of thing and it's yeah. like you have to you have to kind of be emotion uh, emo- you have to be like emotionally mature enough to be like hey I don't need to have these trust issues anymore I need to just yeah. like let it be and start right over Absolutely. and that's easier said than done but like it is it doable is. And we're all human and we're going to mess up, but I think it's important to go – everything I feel like goes back to communication. Like I've been in situations where somebody projects something onto me that they dealt with in a past relationship, Mm -hmm. but they were mature enough to sit me down and be like, look, I know you don't deserve this. I'm acting this way because I'm feeling triggered by this that happened in my last relationship. Mm -hmm. So I apologize, but I do want to let you know where it's coming from. And like – Yes. It's such an easy way to be like, oh, okay, now I see your side. Now I'm not feeling attacked. And now I can kind of keep that in mind when I'm doing things that you are triggered by this because of something in your past. Exactly. And I feel like with these conversations, they're not always going to be like rainbows and cupcakes because it is going to be very hard to get through those. Like like I've 
I've been in relationships relationships where like it has taken me like a year to get over certain things or Absolutely. you know or or let's or or for this example like if you have a partner they mess up and you've given them another chance like you have to leave that problem in the past if you forgave them like like not leave it in the past but you have to be able to progress with them and not yeah. throw it in their face you need to like let that part of your life like kind of stay in the past absolutely i totally agree well i think it's a good place to wrap up i thank you I so much like for that. being on your third was that good for you episode oh my god bitch You've been on more than anyone and everyone loves you. Because I'm amazing, sweetie, and you're my cousin. It's so true. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, if you want to hear more from Gab, you can follow her on her socials. I'll have them in the description of this podcast episode and YouTube video. Um, leave me a good rating on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Write me a few words. It really helps me out. Follow me on all my socials and just, you know, do everything I ask you to do at the end of these episodes. Because And wash your hands. And and also wash your hands and practice social distancing and, you know, let yourself still have emotions during this time. It's fine that you still want to sext and yes. and you know eat, cry. Eat cake and cry. Yeah, make a cake and then eat it all. Mm-hmm. And it's then fine. fuck it. Just kidding. Don't do that part. But you know what? We don't kink shame. So, like, if you want to. You can. Fine. You can. And but, I bet you but eat can it. find someone online who wants to watch you fuck that cake. Fuck yeah, make that coin. Exactly. <laughs> Can I just say really quickly, shout out to all the girls starting OnlyFans. I've seen a few people I even yes. know. With them. And I just want to say I love it. It brings a tear to my eye. You're finding a way to make money. You're owning your sexuality. You're beautiful. You're hot. You're sexy. You're confident. Yes. I love you. Honestly, get that coin. And and men too. Like straight up, straight up go for it. I see men with OnlyFans. Same. You are freaking crushing it. Sign me up, man. Sign me up. I love it. Okay. Thank you guys so much. I will see you on the next episode. Bye.